Welcome to episode 67 of the Travel and Adventure Photography School podcast. As always, I'm your host, Robert Massey. Thank you so much for listening today. I am truly stoked that you are taking some time to improve your photography. This podcast is part of the educational arm of my photography business, Robert Massey Photography. We focus on crafting beautiful images in the great outdoors, and we sell a variety of prints of mountains, lakes, Calgary, and places beyond. You can check out all of the photos we have available along with the show notes for this episode on robertmasseyphotography.ca. Now, let's get on with the show. We have talked a lot on this show recently about backpacking with your camera gear. Just what kind of camera gear you need to take with you, a sleeping pad, ways to reduce your pack weight, just a lot of different things. But there is a simple way to reduce your pack weight and size and still get great images on your next adventure. You just don't need to bring that interchangeable lens camera. Leave it behind and travel with just your phone. Mobile photography has come a massive, massive way in the last few years, and modern phones can produce stunning images. They are a great way to create photography on the go and reduce the weight you put on your back. So today is about leaving behind your big camera and its fancy lenses and going full mobile on your next adventure, whether that's backpacking, hiking, biking, or whatever. Mobile photography is a fabulous way to create amazing photos with no added weight. Because, let's be honest, you're taking your phone with you anyway, so you might as well take your photos on it as well. But mobile photography involves some different thinking than using a DSLR or mirrorless camera. So, today is all about the things you need to think about when shooting on your phone versus a DSLR or mirrorless Because as much as mobile photography is amazing, there are a lot of differences to think about if you shoot primarily on a bigger camera. Now, if you're curious about my other tips for phone photography, you can actually check out episodes 16 and 29 of this podcast as well. And I'll put a link in the show notes to those episodes where I'll talk all about mobile versus DSLR for traveling. And I'll talk all about my top tips for the things you need to improve your mobile photography. All right, let's get into this episode. So my first tip for you, tip number one, is to be aware of the dynamic range. The one big downside of mobile photography versus an interchangeable lens is the sensor's dynamic range. This is how much information your camera can record in the highlights and shadows effectively, and this affects how much post-processing you can do to an image. Most larger cameras, especially full-frame cameras, have substantially more true dynamic range than phones do, meaning it is easier to edit the raw images produced by an interchangeable lens camera you will be able to do more with the image essentially. But this doesn't mean your mobile should be left at home. It just means you need to think differently when shooting mobile photography. On a bigger camera, you can get away with some underexposing and overexposing of certain areas of an image and be able to recover that information in post. And with some fantastic cameras like the Sony a7R 4 you can really blow out those highlights and get a lot of information back. But with your phone, you don't have that leeway to recover as much data. So you need to be more intentional about how you shoot. This could mean shooting multiple exposures to be recombined into an HDR in post, or this could mean accepting the limitation and leaning into it. On bright days, you can create silhouettes instead of trying to expose everything properly and get people's faces in there and things like that. When it's dark, expose just the bright spots and let everything fall off into darkness. This can create some really dramatic images, especially when you're not trying to show all the detail and all the different parts of a photo, you can go back to almost some of the limitations that film provided us and that look and feel that film provided us. And that can really increase your photography creativity. That can really increase the type of photos that you're taking. And honestly, sometimes limitations 
are just great for you to force yourself to think differently. Now, what you choose to do will obviously depend on your scene and on your personal preference. Just remember to expose for the story you are trying to tell alongside remembering the limitations of your gear. So remember that even in RAW, your phone doesn't have the same leeway as an interchangeable lens camera does, and adjust for that while you're shooting. Tip number two, you gotta clean those lenses. Your phone is always getting dirty. It goes in pockets, on tables, into bags, and onto the floor, frequently sometimes. And at least a few times a day, you're likely brushing your fingers over the lenses themselves, likely intentionally as you grab your phone out of a pocket or as you go to look for something on it. And doing this covers those lenses on the back of your phone in all sorts of grit, grime, and oil. And that can make your images look foggy, soft, out of focus, dull the colors, and it can even cause focusing problems. So you need to clean your camera lenses. Now, this may seem like an obvious thing, but how many times have you pulled your phone out of your pocket, shot a couple of images, and then just dropped it back in? I know I have quite frequently, actually. And I'm honestly sure most of us have. Chances are those lenses were covered in something that affected the image quality. So when you pull your phone out to take a fantastic photo or to document a scene that you want that high quality, crisp imagery, wipe those lenses off very quickly. Now, I always carry around a small microfiber cloth to do just that, but a soft shirt will do the trick as well. Just be very, very careful that there's nothing on your shirt or that it's got no rough edges or anything that might scratch those lenses. Speaking of that, actually, before you just wipe off your lenses, you should blow on them gently and from a slight angle. This would remove any grains of sand, dirt, or other objects that are big enough that they could scratch the lens if you push down on them and move around, even when you're using a microfiber cloth. It's just like cleaning the lenses on your big camera. You gotta be really careful, really gentle, and make sure you get all that dust and dirt off the front before you go and take the cloth to it. Once you've blown the dust off, go ahead, clean them off, and now you're ready to get that beautiful shot. All right, tip number three, take control. I find remembering to take control of my iPhone's camera way more difficult than on my mirrorless. It's easy to just pop the phone up, snap a photo, and put it down again but that won't always give you the best images. Most of the time, it won't give you the best images. And just like on your bigger camera, you wanna take full manual control to get the best results. If you use an iPhone, this means downloading a third-party app, but you can do this straight from the camera app itself on most other phones. So that's a big advantage to Android here is that a lot of Android phones give you full manual control over the camera within the native camera app itself. Whereas on the iPhone, you typically need to download a third-party app. Although at least on the iPhone, you can control exposure a little bit, but you know it's not as great as you could with being able to take full manual. And it's so worthwhile to learn how to do this as there will be situations where the auto settings on your phone will be unsure of what to do. So you will need to take creative control. This is exactly the same as your SLR or mirrorless. You really need to know how to use that manual control on the phone and how it functions, how all the dials work, how you need to get into somewhere to change the f-stop and the shutter speed and all sorts of other things that you can do on there. You don't want to be learning this in the field and figuring it out on the fly as you go. So take five, ten minutes even right now while you're sitting there, look at your phone and start playing with the manual settings and seeing how it all works so that you know how to take control of your camera when you need to. All right, tip number four, stabilize that phone. Mobile photography is much more susceptible to shake than some people realize. 
The small size mixed with the software-dependent stabilization makes people forget to brace their cameras properly. Or at all. I don't know how many times I've like dangled my camera down over a railing or stuck it out at a weird angle where I'm a little bit shaky because I'm balancing on one foot and leaning out far to get off to something and the camera's moving all over the place. And I'm like, oh, the image quality isn't as good as I want. (laughs) That's because the camera's moving all over the place. But that small size really makes you forget that you can still introduce camera shake really easily especially in poor light conditions at sunset, sunrise, or when it starts getting dark, you will need to stabilize your phone. Because that lack of built-in image stabilization doesn't give you the same wiggle room that a bigger camera does. And the digital stabilization that a phone has can quickly add artifacts and other problems to an image. Thankfully though, because of the size of a phone, you have a lot more options for stabilizing your camera. You can use the same methods of stabilizing your bigger camera, a tripod embracing yourself as you shoot, but because of the small size, you can actually get away with a tabletop tripod and smaller options if you want to have a tripod there, the flexibility of being able to set one up wherever you want, do that kind of work, but you don't need a full-sized, huge tripod that can support, you know, a 13-14 pound camera. You can get away with a much lighter one, one of the Gorilla Pods, and just something that doesn't take nearly as much size and weight in your bag. And now bracing yourself is also easier because you don't need to deal with the weight of a lens and the body of a camera, just your couple of pounds of smartphone. Now when I say bracing yourself, we got to go back all the way to one of the first episodes I did where I talk about turning yourself into a tripod essentially. So brace your elbows up against your body, tuck them in tight, put your legs out at a good stance where you feel good and solid on the ground, typically that's hip hip width, and normally the feet are slightly off-centered, and then take a deep breath, and exhale before you take those shots, and that'll really stabilize the camera that you're shooting on. Now, this works for a smartphone, and this works for DSLR, and this works for mirrorless. But because of the size of a smartphone, you can get away with doing this a lot easier and is way simpler to build that bracing out because you're not holding the weight of a big camera. Finally, you also have a ton of options for using all sorts of natural objects like small rocks, light posts, or pretty much anything that you can balance your phone on. This is a lot easier than a big camera because there aren't nearly as many things in nature to easily balance one of those giant cameras on. So when the light starts to get bad, or you just want that slower shutter speed, don't forget that you will need to brace and stabilize that camera somehow, even though this is really easy to forget to do. All right, tip number five, and our final tip for this episode, use that size. One of the best things about mobile photography is the ability to get into really unique places that a bigger camera can't. I'm thinking into crevices between fence posts stacked on shelves, just so many options for where a cell phone can go that a DSLR can't get into. And this creates massive creative possibilities. Say you're out rock climbing. You can put your phone securely on a ledge and get a great photo of yourself on the wall high up in the air looking like your photo is being taken by a professional photographer while you're there climbing. Now try doing that with a DSLR tripod, timer, and everything else involved. The cell makes this super easy. Can be a little bit nerve-wracking as you like dangle the lenses out over a ledge pointing straight down towards where you're climbing, but hey, if you stabilize it and brace it properly on the back end with say just even a gentle little rock or just something to hold it so it doesn't tip forwards, you're going to get a great photo of yourself. I've seen cell phones taped to ceilings to create shots, suspended from trees, tucked in behind waterfalls in waterproof cases, obviously. There are just so many places you can go with a smartphone. So start looking for those unique places to put your phone that your big camera can't go. 
And this makes video really good as well. Don't forget, you're not just taking photos here. Like you can shoot some amazing video that you can only get from those certain tight angles where a phone can be braced into. So think photo, think video, just think about those creative possibilities with the size. To make your life easier, you can get a Bluetooth remote for your phone. This means you don't need to worry about using the 10 second timer to set up the phone and then run into position. You can take your time and make sure you are in the exact right place and take a few different ones without having to go back and forth between you and the camera. Now, one of the great advantages to the size of your smartphone also means that your accessories and everything else gets smaller. We already talked about the tripod, which is smaller and lighter as well, but there's all sorts of other things that are great. Something like my filters for my phone. With their cases, my circular polarizer and neutral density filters weigh less than just one of my circular filters for my DSLR. And they're all made from the same glass, same brassing. They're all made by Polar Pro. They're the same filters. But because the lens openings aren't nearly as big to cover on my phone as they are on my DSLR, the filters can be much smaller, there's less glass, there's just less to it overall. So they take up significantly less room in my bag than one polarizer for my camera. So take advantage of those weight and size savings as well and either just lighten your backup or bring a little extra water. I don't know. Do what you want with it, but take advantage of those size and weight savings. And that's it for today. Those are my five tips for things to think about when choosing to do mobile photography versus using a DSLR or mirrorless or other type of interchangeable lens camera. Mobile photography is impressive, but you need to think things through just like you would with any other camera. So take the time, get it right, and you will love the results. A lot of the people who I see argue against mobile photography don't really understand how to do it properly. They use their phone like it's creating snapshots, which is great if that's what you want to do with it. It's a fantastic way to document memories. But you can also create amazing art on your phone. You just have to understand how your cell phone's camera works. So get in there, dig around, play with it, understand what type of highlights you can do, understand what type of shadows you can pull back out. Just get to know what your cell phone's camera does really, really well, and you'll be able to create some super amazing mobile photography very quickly. All right, thanks so much for tuning in today. If you're curious, you can check out the show notes for this episode online at robertmasseyphotography.ca, and you can drop me a line on Instagram at robertmasseyphotography. Honestly, I'm just stoked that you're taking time to improve your photography. Now, let's get out there and adventure. Bye for now.